listening to Phanalysis, a sci-fi and fantasy TV podcast. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Stephanie. And in this episode, we're talking about episodes 205 through 207 of Supergirl. We should mention that this will not be a spoiler-free episode. We are going to talk about the stuff that happened in episodes 205 through 207. So if you haven't seen those episodes, there can be spoilers for you ahead. So quick reviews. I really enjoyed these episodes. Me too. And I think we should add, you have not seen the entirety of season one. I have not. (laughs) With the, what, we're up to episode seven of season two? With the seven episodes of season two, I have seen nine episodes of Supergirl. But I really- You saw the second one of season one, then. I saw the first two episodes. I really liked both of those episodes, but then I forgot to watch the entire rest of the season, and I didn't get caught up in time for season two. So I'm diving in. Even though I spent the entire season going, Stephanie, Supergirl's on tonight. I know, I know. It's not that I didn't want to... I have... Stuff is going on in my life. I know. I'm giving you a hard time. Because <laughs> I'm mean. But it, but that is good for the audience to know. So if I ask you really dumb questions, like, Green Martian, huh? You know, that they will know why. <laughs> hmm. Sounds like Stephanie doesn't quite know what she's talking about. That's because she, she, she missed that. <laughs> she missed it. She didn't see it. <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, I don't know if you listened to the episode Annie and I recorded it before this. I haven't yet because I just so recently got caught up. Okay, okay. But I was just going to say a lot of the complaints that I had in the episode that Annie and I recorded, a lot of them I feel like have been fixed or addressed in some way. So give us an example, Chris. So I was complaining about, well, Jean being grumpy, but Jean's still kind of grumpy. Although I feel like he's way less grumpy now that he's sort of made friends with McGann. Yeah. Although maybe he's back to grumpy now again. I don't know. He's had some nice scenes, though, it feels like, with Alex and Kara, where he was not as grumpy. Yes. Because he was pretty grumpy at the beginning of the season. He was. Because that was his arc in season one. He got less grumpy. (laughs) And I'm like, no, no, he's grumpy again. Why? Maybe he was just grumpy because of the conflict with Superman slash Clark. Maybe. But it, it just it made me kind of sad. Because he, he was not cuddly with them like he kind of had been up by the end of season one. So there was that. And then my biggest complaint was that there just hadn't been enough stuff between Kara and Alex. And there's been so much Kara and Alex stuff. I know, and I'm so thrilled about it. It's and been it's so been, good. It has been so good. Because... That was sort of the through line of season one. That was always a thing that they'd have. And pretty much every episode, there'd be a moment where they'd be on the couch together, just sort of hanging out after a tough day of fighting supervillains, <laughs> you know. And it was nice. It was nice that they'd often end on that note. And they didn't for the beginning of the season. Yeah, it feels like they did that for like a few episodes kind of in the middle of this pack of episodes that we've gotten so far, but haven't done it as much it generally was, as I would have liked. To me, it was much more sparse yeah. at the beginning of the season. And I'm like, oh, they were saving up for these few episodes. So they needed to create a little distance between the two of them so that they could have Bondi sister times. And have it be that much more impactful. Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about it. So now that I've said the things that made me really happy, I've got to complain for a second because apparently I can't not do it. Does his name begin with an M? Yes. And it's not quite Mike? (laughs) (laughs) It's not Mike? It's not Mike. (laughs) Oh, if he takes his glasses off. (laughs) Yeah, I just don't care that much about Monel and I feel bad about it. Yeah. Kind of. 
because I feel like he's fine in small doses. I don't mind him. It's it's not that. He's he's cute enough and whatever, but I just I find that I get really bored with his storylines. He's a fairly predictable character. I think that's the thing. Like, I feel like I've seen it all before. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I just don't, don't care that much. I, yeah, I don't dislike him, but at the and I think there are moments where his character has created some good stuff on the show. Like, I especially maybe it's just because Alex was telling him off, but I really like that moment <laughs> in in episode. I think it was two oh seven where she's like. Car is the one who's disappointed in you. I expect you to be a coward. Or I guess that was 206. And, and, like, that was a really good scene. It was a good scene. Yeah. But generally, it kind of feels like, yeah, I'm just not all that into it. It just, it feels like I've seen it before. And it feels like he's constantly needing to be reassured in some way. And I kind of don't have a lot of patience for characters like that. Well, and he's, he's like the... Is sort of like the bad boy who's yeah. not really a bad boy, but maybe kind of, I don't know. I he's just, a misguided bad boy, because he's not really all that bad either. It's just kind of like he doesn't know what he's doing. I don't know. It feels like there are a lot of storylines that they kind of mashed into one thing, because he's, he's like the outsider and the bad boy and the fish and, out of water. And, and Kara's trying to confront her deep-seated kind of racist ideas about Daxamite with him and Daxamites? That sounded like, made it sound like they were an ore or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's probably the remains of the planet Daxam. Yeah, okay. So, because <laughs> kryptonite. Yeah. But, oh, God. Oh, that's where it came from? <laughs> <laughs> probably. I mean, I think they, they, they do call him a Daxamite, though, I think, at some point. Yes. So. Like a Kryptonian, he is a Daxamite. Yes. I know that much. Okay. <laughs> I just didn't pluralize it, so it made it sound like a I know, stone. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I'm on board with you with the uh, feelings about Manel. I don't dislike him, but at the same time, it kind of feels like uh, I could do with less of him. Because yeah, I, I've seen it. I don't need to see more of it, and I'd really rather they spend that screen time on Kara and Alex, and maybe some of the other new characters they've introduced. Because frankly, I like pretty much all of them better than Manel. Again, not a dislike for Mono. Just don't care that much. I'm sorry, Mono. Sort of. <laughs> but yeah, more sister time for the super supportive sisters. <laughs> I get excited about it. I understand. I understand. I start talking weird. <laughs> this is this is your sister supportive register. I understand. <laughs> the emotion. The emotion. <laughs> Anyway. So how about James? How do you feel about James? I I have reservations about this storyline. I think part of it also is sort of like, I feel like I've kind of seen this before, but at the same time, I'm willing to see where they're going with it. Because I like James. I'd rather spend them... I'd rather spend them... I'd rather they spend time with James also, uh, rather than Monel. I actually saw an interesting Tumblr post that was like, you know... Kara is spending all this time trying to get Monel to be the guy that James already is. Yeah. And I think that's a, a rather uh, good observation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we'll get more into James Monel a little bit later, but I guess just to quickly follow up on what you're talking about. Like I said, I really enjoyed this little batch of episodes. I especially enjoyed episodes 205 and 206. This has probably been my favorites after the premiere, which I loved, by the way. I loved the premiere. It made me so happy. I wish we could have had you on that episode. I know. I, 
you are so enthusiastic about their version of Superman. I am so enthusiastic about it. It's true. <laughs> but so I really like those episodes and I, and it's especially been because of all of the really good writing that they've been putting into Alex's storyline, which I'm not always like really into coming out storylines. I don't dislike them. I just feel like I've seen a lot of them and they can get a little samey after a while, but I just, I feel like they've been doing it really well and it doesn't feel samey. It feels unique to this person and not quite the same situation I've seen before. And it's been so focused on Alex and Kara that it, it just led to all those really great moments between the two of them. And it's just, it's been really wonderful to watch. It's made me cry. For those of you who've listened to our other podcast, you will know how rare of an occurrence this is that a television show makes me cry. And it's made me well up quite a few times. I've just spent the entire time with my co-hosts watching Supergirl going, see? See? <laughs> I'm being really unintentionally obnoxious about it. I'm I, sorry. I did kind not, of. I did not doubt you. I just hadn't watched it yet. I'm sorry. But, but, but uh, no, I, I agree with you because it does feel like they're addressing things that I don't know that I've seen addressed before with Alex talking about these things from her childhood that she didn't really think about. And now she's looking back on them and going, oh, maybe, maybe that, that's what that was. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that is, that is some people's experience. And, and so I like, yeah, again, I feel like we're getting a, not the same thing that I've seen done several times before. And I like that. So yay. And, and I, I feel like I, I understand your reservation. You have reservations about the Guardian storyline, but I do feel like that that so far has been a good opportunity for James and Wynn as characters. I agree with you there because it does feel like they maybe have been at points lost with what to do with them. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, again, I'm, I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm just like, why are they doing this? I don't, I mean, I get it, but I don't. Right. <laughs> And and uh, similarly, I feel like Jean's storyline with Magan has been a really good one for him as a character, too. So I'm liking all of the little seeds that they're sowing, for the most part. Again, Manel could kind of take or leave him. He's good sometimes, but I feel like I could do with less of him. Yeah, but, but I mostly, just, I just I like want him. his screen time redistributed <laughs> among the other characters. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mono. Yeah, because I, I feel like the big thing that's, like, looming for me in regards to Manel is they are clearly setting it up that he is has a big crush on Kara. I'm not sure they've made clear if Kara reciprocates or not. It's been, like, hints that she might, but definitely at the end of 207, big red flashing lights, Manel likes Kara, wants to be mated to her, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> So I He wants to put a put a mating ring on it. Uh, uh, <laughs> that was a good line. <laughs> it was a good line. But also just personally do not want. <laughs> I really don't. And I I might feel better about it if they hadn't so clearly been like shut it down in regards to James and Kara very abruptly at the beginning of the season. I know what, what was that? What was that? So now it's like she just it feels like Kara's just picking up these men who have crushes on her, but but It's she, not just men anymore though. Well, fair. There's Lena <laughs> Luther on board now, folks. <laughs> I'm just saying. She is so flirty. I know. I, I, I love it. You sent me a Tumblr post who was like, does does the actress know that Lena's supposed if she's supposed to be straight? Because she clearly doesn't know if she's supposed to be straight. <laughs> 
Oh, but anyway, and I, and I love me some Lena Luthor. I gotta say, I loved that in um, two hundred five. I like that at the end, she she and Wen were the ones to save the day against the the gang of bad guys with science. With science, that made me really happy. So, I'm I'm on board for Lena. I but, like Lena a lot. Yeah, I, I do. Mm-hmm. But I just I feel like it's getting a little redundant, especially since they had. Manel basically tell James and Wynn that he had a big crush on Carr. It's like, oh. <laughs> There's this little gang of boys who are just going to follow her everywhere. Like, <laughs> and Lena. Plus Lena. <laughs> I'm just saying. You're right. You're right. She invited her to a gala. She did. She did. But yeah, I, I really, I don't, I don't know that I want them to go down that road in regards to Kara reciprocating romantic feelings for Manel. I I just, I don't want it. Yeah. I could potentially see them... I could see them doing it. It depends on where it ends up. If, like, they'd go there for a little bit, but ultimately she's like, I'm trying to turn you into James, and James is right here. I would... Why not just be with James? And I immediately dumped him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If they repeat that process of, like, hmm, maybe, and no... (laughs) I mean, I'd kind of be okay with that, maybe, mm-hmm. but but yeah, it's just, why? Why after the thing with James? I don't get it. I, I don't really either. So I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah. Even though it's clearly going to happen in some way. Even, even if she doesn't reciprocate it, I'm not looking forward to that. We've already had one crushing rejection on the show this season already. <laughs> that was, I couldn't watch. I had to look away. When, and and Wynn got when rejected... Got rejected. In season one. Yeah. So, yeah. We've had the same storyline with Kara. So, again, I, I back to the whole, Monel feels to me a little bit redundant, because the crushing on Kara storyline we've also had, so. Couple times. <laughs> I'm sorry, you were talking about Alex and Maggie. Oh, no, no, no. That was just a, an aside comment. But... I, I, we, do you, or do you want to talk about Alex and Maggie? If you want. Okay. Or did you have other things that you wanted to talk about first? Um, well, I guess since we were kind of talking about Lena and how much we like Lena, I... And her blatant flirting. <laughs> it's the lip biting, right? It's the lip biting. Plus other things. It's about 30% lip bite and, and I don't know, for me at least, like 50% intense stare. Yes. And I just want to point out that when Kara went to go talk to her, like, later in the evening in one of the episodes, I don't remember which one at this point, I apologize, she, like, had a different outfit on, or at least put on a nicer jacket. Like, she looked, it looked like Kara maybe dressed up a little bit for Made an effort? She made an effort. I'm just putting that out there. Uh, (laughs) Also, I'm picking up in these episodes that Kara really likes pot stickers. Is this a thing? It is a thing. Pizza and pot stickers is a thing. Okay. Thank you. And ice cream. She also likes ice cream. Kara likes to eat. I've noticed. I've noticed. I like that about her. But we also had the reveal in this little batch of episodes about Lena's mother, Lillian, is apparently the head of Cadmus. Brenda Strong, who is on everything you've ever watched. She is. I was like, what do I know her from? And I looked it up, and I knew her from about 12 different things, because she's been on everything. Pretty much. But yeah, she's evil. (laughs) Not surprising, which I do think because they've introduced her, I feel pretty confident now that they're not going to make Lena Luther a villain. I certainly hope not. M- me too. I-, I feel like she and Supergirl might disagree on things from time to time. 
Right. But I feel like they're not going to make her an adversary. I might be wrong, but I, I feel like because her mother is clearly an adversary, they're not going to do the same thing with Lee now. I'm with you. Yeah. Because I did see some things where people were like, oh no, she's going to be evil probably. Like, I don't know that she is. I just... It's not out of the question, of course, but yeah, it seems unlikely. We also get to see Jeremiah again when Kara and Manel are kidnapped by Cadmus. I'm missing all the backstory for that. <laughs> I just knew he was gone with Cadmus, and there he was. <laughs> I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't know that he'd been gone for that long. He said he was gone for 15 years, something like that. That does seem a little too long now that you mention it. Because he said I'd been here for 15 years when he goes to rescue Kara and Manel. But it felt like he was gone, gone, or Kara had lost him much more recently. But maybe that's just a misperception well, on my part. It's not that recent. Okay. It was when they were, you know, younger. Okay. But Alex says, I'm almost 30 to Maggie, which kind of made me laugh. I'm like, the actress is clearly older than 30. Just, <laughs> just make Alex not 30. <laughs> no, no, that's, it's a whole thing. Okay. <laughs> there was a whole discussion when they hired, hired, um. Kyler Lee. Uh, no, Tyler Hochlin, or oh. however you pronounce his last name, to be Superman. Because everybody was like, that dude's too young. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because Superman is supposed to be in his 30s mm-hmm. at this point. And, yeah, Alex is supposed to be late 20s. And I think Tyler Hochlin is like a year older than Melissa Benoist. They're practically the same age. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, because Melissa Benoist is also, I think she's 27 or something right now. She's yeah. supposed to be in her early 20s. Mm-hmm. But she still kind of looks young. Right. She has no, a no. young face. I mean, I, I completely agree. It's just that the the issue here is that they hired Melissa and Kyler, who are both older than they're playing, and then they hire Tyler Hoechlin? 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 I don't know. To play somebody who's older than he is. And they, they do have that line in the di- line of dialogue about how, you know, right. Kryptonians age, age differently. differently. Slower. Age slower. Anyway, uh, I forget what we were talking about now. <laughs> oh, Jeremiah. So, like, if he's been gone for 15 years... Yeah, that didn't make sense, because I don't think... Preteen when he was kidnapped? See, that's the thing, is Kara came to live with them when she was a 13. preteen. Yeah, that, it feels... <laughs> it doesn't... It feels like that doesn't add up. Their Their math is... Funky. Okay. It's funky math. But did I get the gist of that right? Is that Jeremiah's yes. been gone for a while, Alex wants to find him... Right, because I think Jeremiah was on a mission with the real Hank Henshaw, Mm. and there was like a whole situation, and I think Hank turned on him, but John Jones saved him. Saved Jeremiah? Saved Jeremiah, yes. And so something was going to happen to Jeremiah, I forget the details, quite frankly, and he made John promise to watch out for his girls. Okay. So that's... How that happened. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of the real Hank Henshaw, he also reappeared. Yes. As Cyborg Superman. Is that a thing? Yes, it's a thing. It's a thing. Explain to me the context of the thing. <laughs> okay. So in the comics, mm-hmm. in the 90s... Is this when Superman died? It is when Superman died. Okay. Yes. The big death of Superman storyline where he had sort of slightly longish hair and um, Superman got killed by Doomsday, and I'm pretty sure it was Doomsday. And when he was supposedly dead, four separate 
people showed up all claiming to be Superman. And so we had Superboy, we had Cyborg Superman, we had Steel, and we had... I'm totally blanking on his name. The fourth guy. Yes, the fourth guy, <laughs> whose name I will look up later and put in our show notes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Cyborg Superman was was one of them. Okay. Was he evilly like Hank, real Hank Henshaw seems to be? I'm trying to remember. It seems like, because yes, one of them ended up being evil. Okay. <laughs> and I can't remember if it's Cyborg Superman or if it's the one whose name I can't remember. Okay. Is it Eradicator? That doesn't seem right. <laughs> it's a cleaning product. <laughs> Frankly, so does Doomsday, though. Like that's some intense. But he's the villain, so. <laughs> anyway, but Cyborg Super Superman, real thing from the comics. Yes. Okay. And and we also have the introduction of Monel, who becomes Superboy. So I wonder if we're going to see any of the other. I, I think he does characters. anyways. There's like a whole. I got I got so confused. Stephanie. I know. I think you're right. I think <laughs> I think this Monel is the same one who becomes Superboy. Okay. Yeah. Because like I Google searched and I came up with the Legion of Superheroes mm-hmm. character, and I can't remember if that Superboy is the same Superboy. I think so. From what I could tell from my googling, I think they okay. are the same person. <laughs> Thank you, because I forgot to double check myself. It's okay. It's okay. So I do wonder if they're going to introduce. Any of the other four? Because you thought that initially that they were going to have James become Steel. I wondered, because mm-hmm. they were talking about a suit that would protect him, because that is Steel's deal. Is he Steel's deal is what she said. <laughs> it is what I said. I thought for a second you said Steel Steel, uh, just <laughs> repeated his name, but no, Steel's deal with a D. Thank you for enunciating for me. You're welcome. Yeah, because he was, he, he built himself <laughs> a suit. Did he have a baseball bat? It was a hammer. A hammer. Okay. <laughs> I gestured, which is why Stephanie questioned. <laughs> anyway. But I was wrong, because he became the Guardian, and I haven't bothered to look up whether or not that was a thing in the comics. Okay. I'm sorry, Internet. I have failed you. So what are your reservations about the Guardian storyline? Just because it feels samey to you? You kind of indicated that earlier. Well, I think it was... Part of it's just like... James, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. He was just not being smart, right? Yeah, he was he was charging in headfirst, which I get it. It's like a noble impulse. I do get that part of it. I don't dislike the storyline because I feel like that's remaining in character. Mm-hmm. Because he's just trying to help. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just kind of like, dude, you're <laughs> surrounded by people who do this professionally. Yeah. Well, and especially when he was going after villains that even Supergirl couldn't take down. That was the big thing. That was and he was so going unwise. After, he was going after them with a baseball bat. With a baseball bat. That was his only In thing. a hoodie. I know. In a hoodie with a baseball bat. I know. And- you are not Luke Cage. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, and maybe he thought the hoodie would help. <laughs> it it doesn't. It doesn't, James. <laughs> But I like you and you're pretty, but that wasn't smart. <laughs> it was not smart. So that was a little frustrating because just because you felt like, James, what are you doing? But I, again, I do feel like we've gotten some good stuff between James and Wynn because of this, this storyline we were talking before about how I really love the scene where Wynn really stood up to him when James was trying to say, people need our help. I need my soup now. Get me going. And Wynn was like, no, this is my thing. We are not going to do this because it's not ready. Because I feel like... I've seen that scene before where there's the determined superhero who wants to charge in 
And that sort of sidekick character would have, you know, just given in to what the superhero was telling him to do. But I liked that Wynn stood up to him. And when you mentioned this earlier, it got me thinking, because this is a thing that I feel is true of Supergirl especially, and maybe all of the current DC TV shows, or at least the CW ones, because they, they do really respect, I feel like, the non-superpowered characters. I, I feel like they are given a strong voice, often the voice of reason, <laughs> with the superpowered characters who are very ready to charge in headfirst, foolishly. Mm -hmm. And so the the sidekicks, the helpers, <laughs> are often sort of there to say, hang on now. Mm -hmm. I appreciate where you're coming from, but don't be dumb. Yeah. Because, I mean, honestly, especially if you're looking at James and Wynn, I mean, what's the difference between the two of them? Like, okay, James has done a few more push-ups, I guess. But, <laughs> but it, it, He did say he's got a black belt. Okay, fine. But it's not like he is... He's not like he's Kara. There's not a huge difference, really, between the two of them. Not that I'm saying Kara should go bossing people around just because she has the powers that she does. Uh, but so I liked that they it felt like James was trying to create that dynamic where it's like, you don't do what I tell you to do because I have because a, you're my sidekick, you're my sidekick. <laughs> and Wynn pushed back and said, no. So I, I did really appreciate that scene. Right. Because Wynn's like, no, this is my area of expertise. You're going to listen to me. Mm hmm. Speaking of scenes where people... <laughs> Speaking of scenes, yes. <laughs> we were. <laughs> I was going to give a more specific segue. Speaking of scenes where people stood up to other people and it made me go, woohoo! I am thinking of the scene between Alex and Maggie when, after Maggie had rejected her and, uh, and made me cry. I couldn't watch it. I squirmed, I squirmed, I looked away. Uh, and and Maggie was trying to be like, but I still want to be your friend. I uh, What I like about this, that situation is, like, I don't feel like Maggie did anything wrong, necessarily. You know, she was truthful about, I don't, I, I don't think this is a good idea. And I do feel like it was a very gentle rejection. Yes. Uh, but I liked that Alex made very clear to her subsequently, like, I can't just be your friend. Like, this was a big deal for me. And you you didn't want me. Like, that hurt. I can't just be your friend all of a sudden. So that made me happy, too, that Alex stood up for herself. Even though I don't feel like Maggie was trying to, like, treat her poorly or anything. But I like that Alex was very assertive and made clear, like, here's where I'm at with this. I'm not okay with it yet. See, and this is why I like the show. Because I feel like as much as it is a show about people who have superpowers... <laughs> It's a very emotionally real show. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the relationships often feel very authentic to me. And there are often things where it's, you know, it's not that one person is right and one person is wrong. It feels to me like the writers think that all of these characters have have opinions and places they're coming from. And it's all valid because of, you know, that's who they are and that's what they think. And, you know, they're... Nobody's wrong, necessarily. Right. right. Or not completely wrong. Mm -hmm. But again, I feel like that's just like one of so many great scenes that Alex has gotten to have the past couple of episodes. She's just, oh, Kylie Lee's been killing it. <laughs> and the great scene with, with Kara, more than one scene where they talk it out mm -hmm. and are there for each other. Yeah, especially the scene after... 
Alex had gone to tell Maggie, like, you know what, you're right, I am interested in you, and Maggie turned her down, and, and then she just, which was so Alex, right? Like, she just, she holds up, holds up kind of within herself, and is just like, forget what I told you, I was wrong, this was humiliating, I don't want to do it. Like, that was just, it felt so Alex to me, like, of course that's the way that she would react, is just like, no, never mind. <laughs> I did the hard thing. I take it back. <laughs> that thing I told you before, just ignore it. Just ignore it. Just ignore it. Because it didn't turn out perfectly. It didn't turn out the way that she had planned. And so she just, because I, I guess I saw a lot of myself in that moment, because it, it, I, I do like things to turn out the way that I envision them to. I don't deal with failing at things very well. And just her just how crushed she was. And she's like, I'm humiliated. And, oh, I felt for her so hard in that scene. And then Alec, and then, um... Kara shows up. And Kara shows up and tells Alex, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Like, oh, Kara's the best! (laughs) I know. That was such a good scene. I feel like we should, we all, all of us should have either a Kara or an Alex in our lives. Because, yeah... Support, man. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go high pitch voice again. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to like just sit here and like quote all the great Alex Maggie related scenes because there are just so many of them. But I just I really love what the, how they've been writing that storyline. It's been good stuff. Yeah, and I like that she's older. Like Alex is kind of an older character coming out, even though she's not as old as the actress. <laughs> Let it go, Stephanie. Weirdly, Let it go. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> and like I like that it she Maggie didn't immediately reciprocate. Like I feel like that's that's not an uncommon thing that happens is you know, you you people don't go about their lives and they're kind of like, sure, I I'm straight and this is fine and blah 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 and then they meet someone in particular that makes them go, Oh, well okay then. But that doesn't always mean that other person is going to be in the same place that they are. Right. And I like the way they framed it where Maggie's sort of not not outright rejecting Alex. It's 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 not a no, it's a not right now. I don't feel like now is a good time. Right. And I think she's right. I do too. I do too. Which is why it hurts so much. <laughs> exactly, cuz she's not saying I'm I'm not interested, I don't care about you, etc. She's it's just Alex is just kind of freshly out of the closet and trying to figure what out she Alex can't even say she's gay quite yet like she can't even say the words which I re- actually really like because like when she goes to tell Maggie she just says I think you might be right about me and then when she tells Kara she's like I'm having feelings for Maggie she can't actually say I'm gay or I'm a lesbian or I'm queer quite yet well because I, I the impression I get from Alex is like, she hasn't quite settled on what she is. She just knows this. This is the thing that's true. Exactly. So this is what I'm going to tell you, Clara. Exactly. Which is why it was so hard when the person who made her realize she was having these feelings and might be different than she thought she was said, actually, no, not right now. No relationship time. So. (laughs) (laughs) No relationship time. I don't know. (laughs) But that's. Is that a a status on Facebook? No relationship time? (laughs) Should be. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's what it made, you know, what it made it, what made it so painful for Alex is like, it was because of her and she particularly said. Right. No. Yeah, again, this whole idea of, like, well, all of this stuff is sort of unmoored now, but here's the thing that's anchoring mm-hmm. the feelings, 
And if that also comes unmoored, then what are you left with? Yeah. Just floating around. (laughs) It's an elaborate metaphor. (laughs) But if she's floating around, Supergirl can fly, so Kara can come get her. (laughs) And there's Danvers sister time, and we're happy. (laughs) Also, the the four-series CW TV show, CWDC TV show crossover event is happening this upcoming week. Is Sarah Lance going to be? <laughs> you know, I don't I don't think Alex is going to be in it, but part of me is like, <gasps> you know what would be great? <gasps> Sarah and Alex really need to talk right now. I, had you not even thought about it? No. Because it occurred to me at some point last week, and I was like, I need to tell Stephanie about this. Not until this moment, Alex really needs to talk to Sarah. I am firm in this belief right now. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be disappointed, but okay. And now I'm sad that I got your hopes up, because I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen. It's okay. I did the same thing with Jessica Jones punching Daredevil to you, so. <laughs> it's true. Even. It's We're true. Even. That'd be so great. I know. It would be great. I would forgot be- you said that, but now I want it again. Right? <sighs> Anyhow. Anywho. <laughs> I guess the last big storyline to talk about is poor Jean, and what's going to happen to him. And I, it's really upsetting to think about him potentially turning into a white Martian, though McGon tells him that's, that's what's going to happen. <sighs> Poor Jean. Surely the DEO could find some way to stop this? Kara? That's a good point. Somebody? I mean, Alex, Alex has science knowledge. She does. It feels like they should have another character doing the blood work stuff. I will say that. But, <laughs> but you know, it's fine. But... Because I feel like what would, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but what he really needs is, like, some green Martian blood, but clearly they don't have a bunch sitting around. It feels like they should have planned for that better, right? Like, last green Martian, maybe they should have been drawing some regularly Uh, to store some up. Stockpiling. Just in case he needed a transfusion. Feels like bad planning on the part of the DEO, but That's a good point. But, like, how do they undo it? I don't know. I hope they can. Maybe somehow the President's Alien Amnesty Act will reveal... Other Green Martians? Maybe. Hmm. I mean, I'm not getting my hopes up for it, but... <laughs> oh, I just, I'll feel so bad for him if that if that happens. I know. Hmm. I feel bad for McGann, too, because she clearly had her reservations about it, but it's like, well, it's this or he dies. Yeah, rock so. in a hard place for her. And I want to see what happens between the two of them. Because I, I completely understand his reaction to her. Because she's been lying to him. And, you know, it kind of at this point, it's like, I don't really care what you tell me about what you did back on Mars and Resistance and blah, 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 blah. You've been lying to me for months about who you are. Or for weeks. I don't know how long they've known each other. <laughs> and so I understand it. But, you know, here's hoping. Here's hoping they can they can kind of make some progress. Because I like McGann a lot. Me too. I want to learn more about her. Yeah. I actually wonder if that's a plot point in the comics, too. I don't I don't really know McGann that well. What is the intersection between Martian Manhunter and Miss Martian? Do you know? I don't really know. Okay. Other than the fact that they're both Martians. Martians. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Oh, I guess the other thing I wanted to mention, this is more of a episode-specific thing than a character-specific thing. 
I was a little confused uh, by episode 206, because that was the episode with the the villain who had the parasite that they found that mm-hmm. was alive under the ice. And, like, first of all, I feel like Wynn would have seen every episode of The X-Files and would have told them <laughs> to quarantine him. Right? <laughs> yeah, there have been certain, like, narrative beats that I'm just kind of like, that seems completely wrong. Yeah. Quarantine. I think that is reasonable. You have one right? person alive, all these other people dead. Wouldn't you They've quarantine They've been drilling that somewhere in the ice, even, taking even, samples. Even if they didn't realize it was a parasite, it feels like they would want that one survivor to be under observation for a little while. I know. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's, first of all, there's that. But second of all, I wasn't entirely sure what their message about global warming was supposed to be in that episode. Well, I mean, they called the people who were climate change deniers a bunch of villains. Like, that's in the dialogue, so... Yes, but this super proponent of we need to save the planet turns into a gigantic sucking parasite that they have to put down. Yeah, I know. It feels like the the pro-we-need-to-do-something-to-fight-climate-change side gets portrayed as overly zealous, in a way. Only when possessed by parasites <laughs> from another planet. Okay, that's the caveat. Asterix. <laughs> it could happen to anybody, Stephanie. <laughs> That was that was some pretty good special effects, I thought. Like, that was a creepy-looking dude. It was. Yeah. yeah. Especially when he had, like, the multiple the, the mouths. Mutations. Yeah, the mutations from from poor Kara and, and, uh, and Jean. Jean. Yeah. Ooh, that was creepy. It but, was. Anywho, because usually I feel like they're, you know, Supergirl, I don't say this as a criticism, Supergirl's not subtle. They're usually are pretty clear <laughs> And what their message of the episode is. By the way, racism, bad. You, know? <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. So, but that particular episode, I was kind of like, I feel like you're sending mixed message here about, about climate change. I don't think so. Okay. Not to me. Okay. Again, referring to them as just like a, a room full of villains. That might not be the exact word they use. I forget exactly what it was they said, but. Okay. That's fair. That was my, that was my one quibble. No, I mean, I, I get you, but I just, I feel like they're going for, it could happen to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Possessed by parasite, overzealous. I mean, granted, the whole thing, part of the story there is that this is something he's passionate about. Right. But then, you know, passion plus parasite equals Bad. zealot. <laughs> Murderous zealot. Okay, so the problem is not the passion, the problem is the parasite. Parasite bad. Passion yeah. good. Yeah. Parasite bad. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> Passion plus parasite. Bad. <laughs> Pointedly dangerous. Okay. Serial killer. Okay. Well, thank you for talking about uh, these episodes with me, Chris. I appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I wasn't able to be there for the first batch. I'm hoping you'll be there for future conversations. I'm hoping we can get all three of us yeah, in one episode. At the same time, that would be good. But I'm really digging Supergirl Season 2. Yay! I've watched seven episodes all in a row. Aren't you proud of me? What, are you going to watch season one? <laughs> During the hiatus, probably. Okay. As in the season between season hiatus. Oh. <laughs> probably. Curses. <laughs> You're trying to get me to watch other stuff too, Chris. It's true. What do you want me to do first? Steven Universe or Supergirl season one? 
since you're watching Supergirl season two and have successfully been hooked, I'm going to say Steven Universe. Okay. So see, it's probably not going to happen until the hiatus. <laughs> if you have thoughts about this episode that you'd like to share or thoughts about Supergirl season two, you can send them to us at feedback at askgenretv.com. You can call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. You can also record a voice message on your smartphone and email it to us. You can also find us on Twitter at AskGenreTV. Finalysis is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. You can find our other podcasts about Orphan Black and Lost Girl and some other shows over at AskGenreTV.com. Thank you so much for listening. Shoo.